Welcome to Tactical Permaculture. I've worked on projects ranging from the poorest to richest clients, from inner cities to suburbs to farmlands to remote wilderness, from the eco-war front lines to celebrity backyards. In over 25 years of service to the earth and the community of life, I've learned that in the fight for sustainable survival, growing is half the battle. Please go to tacticalpermaculture.com to read my blog, watch my videos, view my photos, access web applications, and click on the join membership link to access exclusive features. August 18th, 2023, episode 79. I'm going to share this today because it's fresh on my mind and uh, I'm going to I'm going to have to get a few laughs out of it. Hopefully you can either laugh at me or commiserate, uh, but uh, or a little of both. But uh, I think there are. This to me is a teachable moment for sure. Um, and I just, I feel like whatever your station in life, we all get jerked around by the. We all get slapped around by the invisible hand of the free markets, and. And and we get choked by the not so free markets and and every other the other uh, permutation of that metaphor that you could adapt. What I what I found interesting was that today, um, my what while I have been really pivoting away from, shall we say. Um, being hyper-focused on um, emerging technology investment opportunities that have done well for me and that go in cycles of hype and bubbles and crashes and you probably know what I'm talking about but actually now by now you might not know what i'm talking about because you may you now that it's enough time has passed to where it's not the only game in town and it's starting to be less starting to become a very demonized game in town and yeah looking at the history of um investment opportunities yeah all kinds of penny stocks the railroads the early speculators of precious metals and uh, fossil fuels and whatnot. I mean, they all sort of, um, they have their arcs in, in, in time and some of them disappear, never come back or some, and some of them plateau. Some of them find new innovations and have a, have a resurrection of, of prominence, but for now, I'm at a point where the uh, my investment thesis for one of the more volatile emerging tech investment opportunities, well, it's it, it did well enough for me. Quite it did it did so well for me that that it justified consuming a lot of my a lot of my attention and and passion, and it became. You know, it just became impossible for me to 
I had the rose-colored glasses on, and I would say I was not the I was not the worst um, of evangelists who are annoying and uh, and actually give give illegal poor investment poor and illegal investment advice that 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 results in the loss of of uh trust and respect in fact i was lucky in that that most of my timing when i was very gung-ho and very evangelistic actually helped other people do pretty well so without <laughs> without uh insinuating that i was giving investment advice i always i've been taught that the way that you intrinsically disclaim giving professional advice without a license to do so in whatever field is you say i i can't tell you what you should do but i will tell you what i would do <laughs> and i don't know if that would get you out of you know, 10 out of 10 um 10 out of 10 uh, uh prosecutors crosshairs but as far as as far as i go i'm i'm a pretty pretty under the radar type of low profile low net worth type of individual so yeah i mean i don't even have a collar so it wouldn't be blue collar or white collar crime i i would just i would just be like half naked desert rat sunburnt <laughs> there's no there's no word for it but i'm not trying to i'm not trying to i'm not i'm certainly not shilling anything i'm not part of those uh pumponomics of the people who try to people who try to get other people to buy something whatever it is to increase the market value of whatever that thing is that widget whether it's digital or tangible physical object or or what or what product or service or anything beyond investment contract or whatever it's it's I've never had the um I've never had the urge to manipulate people in such a way that would induce them to to rush into an investment so that the supply and demand dynamics created a higher valuation of that of that asset while all along my true intention was to just wait till it got a certain point so that I could sell it all and laugh on the way to the bank knowing that that I helped to lather up that interest and those people had no idea that it was people like me who were going to some of them out of necessity some of them because they're they're evil some of them because they're just cynical and self-interested and they believe it's a zero-sum game and that's the way it should be for me i would say if i if if uh, if i was if i was at the pearly gates and they said you have one one act that you did that you did in your life to 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 plead your case that you should get into heaven you choose what that is and you tell us what it is but you can't you don't get to give us your whole life history you don't get to bring in character witnesses to talk about how how good of a grade school student you are you were or <laughs> i am so you get one thing and it's and it's like no i didn't yeah i i've saved lives before 
not not a, not a million, but I've I have saved lives before, and both both literally and and sort of figuratively in the sense of people who've said that I've helped them not kill themselves and stuff like that, or helped them really rescue themselves uh, in different ways from reckless behavior or self-destructive behavior. Um, I, I would say those would probably be the obvious things that, that you, you would imagine you would you would use or choose from to say, yeah, it was the time that I saved someone from drowning or something like that, which is which is a true story. But But I think we all have moments where we've done semi if not very brave and heroic things uh, at, at a risk to ourselves and whatnot and you would think that that would be the highest value and uh and and in this little cartoon that i'm making here this little joke cartoon strip i'm making right here well i'm well my thought bubble is that it's something of that nature what what ends up what ends up being the the thing that 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 would that the only one that would work that would supersede the others was the fact that I, when I had the opportunity, to be, to 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 totally sell out my whole position, and and take all of my chips off the table, but in so doing, be robbing new enthusiastic believers in an asset that I was preaching about that I believed in that I never in a million years would would ever think I would want to have zero of that I would that I would want to hold on to it because of not just the potential to just be to be um ever more rich in the future because of the but the whole thing is like yeah you invest in something because you believe that it is hopefully you believe it's ethical by your standards not everybody invests that way but I certainly do and then that it's going to mature and that it's going to deliver on its promises. It's going to saturate the market and, um, and that the opportunities to, to, uh, to have gains from that are going to, people who are early are going to be rewarded. But my, my ethics, the ethics, not only of what the asset is and what they do, but how I'm going to the rate at which I'm going to realize gains and harvest from those gains. I don't want to, I don't want to say, oh, the, the fruit tree just bare, it had its first season of finally producing. Now I'm going to cut it down and kill it and take all of it and run away with it and not share it with anybody. To me, that's like the absurdity of, of, of that, of that being um, compelled to, to sell out of an entire position because one, you don't know if those are going to be, that's going to be the all time high. Maybe you should maybe for, for just the most selfish reasons, maybe you should say, Hmm, don't sell more than a certain percentage at any one time, because you never know if you're wrong or you're right over whether it's, whether it's going to go up or down tomorrow or in 10 years, the worst thing you can do is have had a position and then completely got out of it and be wrong because you could have, if, if you were more moderate, and so to me, the ethical thing and the logical thing, there's a confluence of self-interest and public interest and ethics and even altruism in my mind to say that, yeah, I might propose to the, to the judge at the pearly gates, however that works, that uh, 
you know, I had an opportunity to be to be ridiculously, absurdly far more rich at one moment in a market cycle than I possibly ever imagined that I might be. <laughs> and my ethics held me back and I said, no, I'm not going to dump on I don't want to call it dumb money. I don't want to. Call, I don't want to dump on on new money. I don't want to dump on, on the people who are coming into the asset, in, into the awareness of the asset and into the investment of the asset. To to some extent, I wouldn't be able to list them or name them directly, but because I have been, whatever I wasn't necessarily wearing the T-shirt around. But I, I was talking about what I believed in. And people ask me, what are you investing in? What do you believe in? Well, I say, well, I can't give you investment advice. But for me, this is what I believe in. I'm in it for the long term. And I ain't tr- I'm not trying to dump all of it because of a hype cycle. And it was very, very hard for me to even sell any of it when I did. But I'm glad I did. And I was forced to by dire circumstances. I was forced by dire circumstances to buy land when I wasn't ready. And I was then later forced after buying land, being on that land in very, in even more dire circumstances, yet with higher net worth than ever before in my entire life. I don't know how many, how many orders of magnitude of my entire earnings of my entire life were represented at that one time during 2021 when I had the greatest net worth of yeah, it would have been it would have taken me reliving the same life I don't know 10, 100 times or whatever it would have been to actually come close to the amount of net worth I had at that moment. And I but I still didn't I was like this technology's not even mature yet. The people who are coming in now are rushing in because of a hype cycle. This is this is this isn't sustainable. This is parabolic. I don't feel good about dumping it and and I don't believe that this is the top I don't believe this is the I don't believe this is the highest it's ever going to get because it hasn't even been really born yet it's it's like we're aware that it's in that it's in the womb but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm betting that 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 it's it's gonna be the genius world saving best gift from God that ever came out of a womb and if there was a way to sort of I mean I don't like this analogy but I think it is sort of humanizing maybe it's important to think about these things in more human terms so we care more and we value and appreciate it more but but to me yeah it is like my yeah the chosen one or like the golden child you know if you if, if you were gonna if you were gonna say i'm going to invest money in the security forces that are going to protect and grow food for the golden child for example just from exa- for, from that eddie murphy movie for example and just for your own karma maybe you would yeah maybe those maybe those farmers and those warriors would be would form form enterprises that if you invested in them you would you would do well owning their stock and when you needed to you could sell them maybe when you retire and you you don't have income anymore that's when you sell them and that gives plenty of time for other people to catch up and get in and and really stabilize the value and get it to a good product market fit and just let it mature over time if you had that 
that karmic ethic about something meaningful, investing in something, you you wouldn't just say, okay, well, oh, yeah, the golden child's born, so I'm gonna. I'm gonna sell my position because now that at least we know it's alive or they're alive that all this money is, all, all, the, all these investors are coming in at this time and pumping the value up so I can sell and dump on them now and, sell and, and, and be one of those factors that makes it actually crash. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely contradict and lose all my integrity for money maybe that's why they say that what is the saying about the eye of a needle and riches in heaven i can't remember how exactly it goes but my heart doesn't did not want to betray my integrity at that moment because i didn't know it was the top i didn't i had no reason to believe it was the top i had every reason to believe the opposite so i won't say it was because of virtue and I just listened to some some philosophy courses, the Yale Yale Open Course uh, sessions, and uh, and it's interesting the the way that they would break down how how uh, you do something virtuous, but but it was almost like an accident, just like you you were just kind of going through the motions, or you were on autopilot, or just by happenstance, you just happen what you did happened to be. To appear heroic from the outside, but really, I, don't, I can't think of a good example of what that might be. But just, um, well, let's say you were texting and driving and you swerved at a moment where doing so, which would normally be illegal and unsafe, actually was the key factor that prevented someone from dying because they were being knocked across the freeway like a billiard ball from a pileup. And if, if you ha if, and, and you happened to swerve at that time and somebody thought that you had been touched by God to know to do that because if you hadn't they would have had nowhere to go and they would you all ever more they would have died and you probably would have been injured or died and yet the only reason that happened is because you were doing something totally unvirtuous so the idea that for me I was I, I wasn't uh, my narrative at that time at the peak of the market wasn't it, it was informed by and influenced by and sort of restrained at a subconscious level by that sense that and I even heard someone articulate that before they said don't confuse me as one of those people who hype something up only so that I can get other people to buy it and believe in it and be can have conviction to take a long and large position out of their hard-earned just so I can betray them and be a liar, you know, basically. So it was articulated even, it was even more concise and more hard-hitting than that, but, but I really realized, like, that's... So how does that become a practical... How do you stop yourself from, from being so greedy that you go to hell and can't get into heaven? Well... If something is going hockey stick parabolic in value, if you capitalize on that in a in a in a a manner that really does cause really will uh, because you can't really know if that was all just rich people's money and it was only rich people. T typically, so far, my understanding is 
that's a myth in that the bubbles in the assets that I've held have really been driven mostly by what they call retail Main Street, not Wall Street. So for me to have gotten in earlier and for me to dump on people coming later, it's not technically a pyramid scheme, it's not technically a, a Ponzi scheme, but it's not that much more respectable. And to me, what can be respectable is is a, a drip irrigation sort of, you know, take one cookie jar out of that cookie jar at a time, give other people a chance to come to the party and 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 participate and enjoy in the development of the of the asset as a as a community and let it grow and mature and you will be rewarded and you'll be I think you will I mean to me I want to have integrity I would rather have integrity and a little bit of money having missed opportunities to make big money if what I was actually trading was not the, <laughs> the like the widget or the digital widget or whatever it was that I bought when it was cheap and, you know, buy low, sell, sell high. I'm going to say I would rather not trade my integrity for money so that I have a lot of money and a little bit of integrity. I'd rather do the opposite. And so maybe the way to put that is buy low, sell high. How can I make that? How can I make it just as as elegant and say, yeah, buy buy a lot low and sell a little bit when it's high, and just consistently sell to maintain and possibly grow in a, in, a, in a sustainable and gradual manner. Grow your grow your the resources around your life because another way maybe I'm. Like Bran in Goonies said, you're just deluding yourself about the museum. I, I don't know what, I can't remember what the line was, but that was the first time I heard that big word as a kid. It was in Goonies when he said, talking about deluding yourself. And that's pretty astute psychology, if you think about it, understanding when you are deluding yourself. I mean, deluding others is, not, is one thing, but deluding yourself, delusions, yes, serious financial delusions <laughs> about your trading um, thesis, your investment thesis. To me, looking back at who I was at that time, I say I actually dodged a bullet and it wasn't even intentional. I wasn't intending to be heroic and to really be a saint by not selling, not selling at all. I just had certain mantras drilled into me, trade around a core position, don't pump and dump, some basic moral and mathematical and, and, and financial theoretical axioms that, that uh, informed me emotionally and yeah, left brain, right brain, emotionally, in my gut, everywhere, my heart. So, so I, I had good training that, that made me do the right thing is what it was. Is I did the right thing, not the most lucrative thing. And then afterwards, of course, I always have to endlessly interrogate, interrogate myself. What was my mindset? What were my intentions? How much credit can I really take for it? And honestly, I would say 
I was as it was a fog of war, and a lot of people would say the same thing, and, and, and it's that war with your future self. It's the fog of war with your future self, because you don't really know if if it's the top or the bottom. You don't know if you're doing the right thing. You just have to hope that you you fall back to your level of training, whatever that is. So I think my training was pretty good. My training was don't puke up your position all at once because chances are you will then start deluding yourself and say, and you'll turn your back on it. It's always good to have some skin in the game. As part. I mean, it's just a million little fortune cookies. I mean, no pun intended, fortune cookie type mantras that I've, that I've had etched into me from people with a lot more experience who've had greater losses and greater gains and are professionals and they try to break off nuggets of wisdom for people, you know, up and comers like me, even though I'm, I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. But in terms of financial literacy, yeah, most people had no financial literacy or, or outside of academia and, and actual financial uh, industry professionals. That's changing and there's a revolution that's um, the real soul of it. That's what I signed up for and I learned a lot and I think it is that it's not a libertarian revolution. It's not a socialist revolution. It's not a anarcho-capitalist revolution. I think it's really a, a, a mathematical revolution and an appreciation of understanding the un, just under uh, of a, a, a massive a, a democratization uh, a uh, what's the right word um, democratization of of financial literacy and an understanding of the mechanics of financial markets and institutions that 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 are puppeteering us and that are manipulating those those markets um, and it's just sad and ironic that the most enlightening and liberatory tools for algorithmic integrity also seem to attract the most the most adept scam and con artists so that it's it's the worst it's 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 the it's, the, it's a, such a paradoxical 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 moment but yeah i mean maybe this maybe maybe the the ability to have a debt based economy was was simultaneously the best and worst idea because it would foster growth and innovation but also it would attract all kinds of scammers so this isn't the first rodeo of us as a human society having to deal with disruptive ideas and then disruptive technologies and destructive destructive and disruptive and constructive ways of telling stories about exchanging value and having institutions that try to maintain some sort of consistent order but then everything sort of skewing and distorting and, and leaning twisting towards corruption and the cycles of boom and bust of, of corruption and, and redemption and whatnot. And for me, I'm just trying to live simply so others can simply live. I'm trying not to puke up my position and, and trade out of fear or greed or any, if any other vice or with any malice. So I think I've done the right thing. And so to this moment, I'm at a point where, yeah, I, I've, I've, continued to 
keep the faith and fight the good fight and do the right thing. And while I'm no longer an evangelist for the main asset that I'm continuing to hold and maintain a core position of, it has been my ticket out of the matrix and I've and I've preserved as much of it as I possibly could and because the bear market and and, and recession and supply chain post COVID, mid COVID, whatever you want to call it, yeah, these are dark times. And those even the even that bubble was actually very uh, very twisted and apocalyptic. It wasn't a healthy I'm I'm interested in, in healthy charts and I wanna live a life of of frugality and simplicity where all I care about is that I can grow my own organic food and medicine in a in on private land and and be relatively left alone and live and let live and not have to not have to work for anybody else if I don't do it on a basis where I have the means to quit at any time if I don't feel like I'm being respected or that I'm in alignment with what the direction of the project or the mission of whatever it is. That's just the freedom and independence I want. And it doesn't have to be that expensive because if you have natural literacy and you enjoy the beauty of nature, you can find cheap land the way I did. You can enjoy you can feel like you're living on the promised land, on paradise, on heaven, on earth, and it could have been cheap to buy and cheap to pay the taxes on. And then if you know how to grow food and you can rip away the fingers of strangulation from the chem ag big food industrial complex and the pharmaceutical industrial complex and the psychiatric industrial complex, you can be self-sufficient and and divest from all of those attachments to the system and to the matrix, that's really low overhead. So right now, I don't have to sell big chunks. I can sell relatively small chunks, although they, it's painful because of the valuation now is it's still at least or typically around 10x my, my entry point, but it ain't 100x, which is where it was when I... I did sell some, but I, you know, I didn't sell, I didn't, I, I've ended up selling more at lower prices, but then I also have to say I'm, I did the right thing by doing that over time. So it's, a, it's been a sacrifice and a painful one, but I know it's been doing the right thing. And today, what was different because I've mentioned this and talked about it before, but I could just call this my hard painful lessons to understanding the the karma of the karmic calculus of ethical investing that's i mean that might be i mean that might be interesting it's that's kind of what i've gotten through to this point but i've talked about that before and and i've i've told these stories in, in d- different lengths and di- different amounts of detail before in different contexts but the con- the reason why i'm setting it up with that backstory again now is that now that if you hadn't heard any of that before, you're you're right here with me in this journey of navigating poverty and rags to riches for a day or a minute or a week and then back down to, I don't know what's in the middle between rags and riches, 
but at least but for me it was financial freedom and independence to where I haven't had to go and work I haven't had to to I haven't had to work for anybody since I left the city started leasing land for a year and then bought land over the last that I've lived on for the last two and a half years and I haven't had to work for anybody else and my income from other sources other than slowly selling little chunks of my holdings so as to not feel ethically responsible for moving the market anyway um, but just do my part to hold hold value in the ecosystem and the community of holders of the asset and also let there be some do do the other favor or do, play the like the uh, the converse responsibility is that you also provide liquidity to that community and you're willing to you're willing to buy and sell i'm not going to say i'm a quote-unquote market maker but over time yeah i've been in positions to buy i've been in positions to sell i don't i try to i try to just find balance for myself but what's what 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 all that leads up to is what happened today which was even more fun i mean i don't know how fun it is to hear somebody tell the story the way i have it's 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 like lucky for you if you're still on the hamster wheel whether you're rich or poor but you're not free and you know it and you've heard any of my other episodes where I talk about yeah it's a it's a it's a it's a very rugged and austere freedom with a lot of sacrifice but but you you experience things that you wouldn't otherwise experience and if you care about those things and you care about enjoying those things before it's too late or before you're too old then to me it's priceless what I've been able to experience and like I said I'm not glamping I don't have a mansion. I live in the most humble, destitute, tiny home, desert rat existence you could possibly imagine that nobody in their right mind would try to do. And I think, I mean, I'm not going to say that uh, Les Stroud and uh, Bear Grylls and uh, and all the other uh, famous survival TV show people would have would have run back to 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 where uh, to their to their uh, primitive shelters <laughs> with their tails between their legs in in the face of encountering what I've encountered. They probably would just say, "You're a dumbass and you're crazy, and if you don't die, it's because you're lucky. Because there's no amount of skill that could actually prevent you from dying the way that you're doing it out there." And I would say, "Yeah, I guess. Well, to me, freedom." the way that I enjoy it, the way that I have it, it's worth dying for. It's not tragic to die doing what you love. And I love this place and I love my freedom and my solitude now so much that what I sacrifice to have it and the, the pain and the suffering that that's, goes, with, goes with the territory, literally, I'm not trying to sell this lifestyle to anybody i'm just reporting back what it's like on the other side of the matrix is 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 the value i'm giving back and it's not easy it's not always it's not always fun it's not it's not typically easy and um the one thing that's very different about 
the one selling point, <laughs> for lack of a better term, uh, that uh, that that is different to, uh, to the Matrix is that it's actually quite beautiful. Although there were scenes in Zion that I think were, were just gorgeous, as far as their 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 layer for the revolution. But but no, this is not the post-apocalyptic scorched earth. If anything, it's the Wild West ghost town, rustic Americana, beautiful full horizon sunsets and sunrises and full star starlit skies and mountains and just gorgeous clouds and everything i mean everything that you see in pictures on the walls of uh places where they're trying to make you feel calm and happy and relaxed and um and i get to live in that and and so t- so with that said, what I'm holding on to, what I'm hodling, or ho- people say, it, there's, there's a mythology about the term hodl, but, but literally what I'm holding on to for dear life is, is the beauty of this place and my freedom to fully enjoy it, even if it means that I am living in what they call below minimum wage, BMW, below minimum wage. I'm doing the early retirement mystique where I'm not buying anything where I where it's almost like if I it's almost like if you were let's say I was a billionaire right now and I said I'm sick of parties and I'm sick of prostitutes and I'm sick of just being a tourist and being treated like a tourist I'm sick of people kissing my ass I'm sick of not knowing who my friends are I'm so sick of all of it and all I want to do is get on a boat and not even a fancy one but the most tore up basic simple whatever boat that'll get the job done and I want to shove off and I want to go out to sea for a year and sail around the planet or whatever for a year and in that under those circumstances unless I tap out to get rescued because of some sort of catastrophe I'm going to be alone and and no matter how much my net worth is all that matters is the planning that went into the kit and the supplies, the gear, the food, the medicine, the books, the the the, the manuals, like what what's going to matter more than anything matter. What's going to make the, the my net worth mean nothing and the value of my intelligence mean everything, and my training and my skills and conditioning and fitness. Those real things, those things that anybody can achieve, those things that have nothing to do with. It has, it has to do with how much time you can afford to apply to it. But with most people playing video games and being on on the screen all the time, if, if you're going to use that screen time to learn stuff and to become a MacGyver Swiss Army knife that can survive anywhere, it actually is useful to a community. But when you're alone, you can survive without a community. Yeah, then I would say even it's not a necessarily privileged thing. If you care about applying yourself to like I want to always wanted to be like the A team I always wanted to be like MacGyver I didn't want to join the police force or the military in order to do that I wanted to do it in a paramilitaristic style where I fought my own fights I chose my battles and I didn't have a commanding officer and I work in egalitarian collectives and cells of 
of groups, um, individuals within groups that are autonomous and that have consensus decision making and that don't don't have a real hierarchy, don't need a hierarchy because they're not managing, they're not a managerial intelligentsia type of political class. It's not a party. That's the way of the the the. I started out as a as an anarcho punk and then became a green anarchist, eco anarchist, and then eventually a, a crypto anarchist. And all those chapters I, I carry with me. And the ethics are that yeah, we're going to be warriors, we're going to be militant, we're going to lace up our boots and put on our fatigues and and have our kit. Some of us are going to get tactically trained. Some of us are going to bear arms. Some of us are going to do clandestine operations. But no matter what, we're not going to boss each other around. It's going to be all the squared away and none of the sir, yes, sir. And some of us were kind of half-assing it and posing and just, you know, looking to look, but not really doing the, 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 the actual austerity and the training conditioning and the... And I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna try to be squared away without a drill sergeant, who's gonna be the drill sergeant if you're not gonna accept that sort of dominance hierarchy? Well, you gotta do it yourself, DIY. So I'm not saying I'm the I'm like a DIY badass who could compete in any domain with those squared away folks that 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 were actually brought up. In those environments, um, those strict environments, where the with the chain of command and drill sergeants, whatnot, I know. But I know there are some dimensions where it's not the size of the man in the fight; it's the size of the fight in the man. Where I've survived things that other people would have killed themselves already if they had to endure. And I say to myself sometimes that every soldier that killed himself, am I harder than them? Am I stronger than them? Because I've endured things that they probably that some of them i i know would not have been able to um you know again i want to compare i don't want to have that um play that game of one-upmanship around who's got the most trauma but i will say that uh at least i have the dignity of all the indignities that i've suffered i will be able to say that um i'm not this i'm not the baddest assed hardest warrior that ever walked the earth but I'm also not the, the the weakest warrior to ever walk the earth, and that that doesn't just that doesn't get decided by how decorated you are or what your insignia is or what it says about you on paper, because there's things about me that I know that I have earned as far as my bona fides of having survived and endured and sacrificed and fought battles and maybe not always won the war but certainly fought certain battles and the thing I have that I have that uh, some people don't have is that I fought wars and I fought in wars and won battles that I don't regret because I've tried to keep that moral compass there's not that much that I regret I regret some bad behavior in relationships but it wasn't the most egregious behavior and I made great amends with those people and most of my former lovers are still in some sense my eternal lovers and friends those I think my, my, my greatest transgressions have been in my intimate relationships and that wasn't even that bad. But I never killed a civilian because I was tired and lazy and not doing due diligence or following the letter of the law of the rules of engagement or 
the rules of armed conflict or something like that. There's people who have to live with that. So, yeah, that's a bit of a tangent, but this is tactical permaculture, so it's, it's worth saying that. And then getting back to this MacGyver concept of being, no matter no matter how rich or poor I am, or going back to, yeah, when MacGyver is out there operating, it doesn't matter how much he's getting paid or how much support he has, he's doing the types of behind enemy lines, covert operator missions where technical expertise, physical prowess, and ingenuity and the ability to get the job done under adverse and unpredictable conditions where things go wrong. Everything that can go wrong will go wrong. And plans are nothing. Planning is everything. Those are the smart and hard individuals that always made me perk up the most growing up wherever I was exposed to them in real life or on TV or movies or even video games or whatever. To me, it was always that those, the people who were, who were intelligent and proficient enough physically that they were given the, the most intricate and dangerous tasks to accomplish because they could be trusted to have the integrity and the resolve to work independently. And there was a, a former Green Beret um, who said, uh, said something was, that resonated and stuck with me. He, he said, in the context of describing some operation or some opportunity or something that was in the works, we said it was, it was the singleton mission we all dream about. And, and to most civilians, they wouldn't necessarily be able to parse that. But because I have been kind of anthropologically shadowing this, the military in this paramilitary war college of one type of project that I've been on for really my whole life in one way, shape, or form, and now I'm doing it in a very concentrated manner, and before it was kind of willy-nilly, but... I mean, it was more aesthetic and more of a lifestyle. Now I'm, I'm thinking of it as, as more, in a more scholarly manner and taking my academic training and applying it more, more fully into, yeah, paramilitary studies, if you will. <laughs> if that was going to be a, a department or a college or, 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 or one day a, a shelf at the bookstore or the, or the university library, paramilitary studies... They got private military companies that are very, very well studied now. I'm not, but I'm not talking about mercenaries. I'm talking about people who care to be the civilian militia with a moral compass, and they choose not to work for Uncle Sam because they feel like Uncle Sam's corrupt, and they're not trying to go out and intimidate people just by wearing kit and carrying guns in public for culture war reasons and they're not trying to go be mercenaries and oppress people in the third and fourth world so that resource extraction can happen uh, without the indigenous people effectively being able to thwart it with bows and arrows so that you're just another wave of colonization. No, I don't want to join the forces. Uh, I don't want to join the mercenaries and I don't want to join the performative militants. I want to be developing my own warrior capacity and be implementing all of the real transmissions from 
those A-Team and MacGyver archetypes. And that means you do the right thing and you work for the land, you work for the people. Or if you are going to contract with agencies that you feel good about what you're doing. And I think, if anything, yeah, it may have been a little bit uh, embellished or romanticized, but I don't think MacGyver was ever on a mission that he signed up to, to take that that was morally questionable or that was in furtherance of a dark agenda of some agency. I think it was always probably probably um, unrealistically <laughs> uh, non-gray area. I think it was all very much, uh, it was this badass science geek, tactically proficient, but yeah, avoiding killing people if, if you could. Very good values, I would say. So I just gotta take some time to shout, shout that out as just a very, a very uh, powerful and important gift to my development. And what, that trans, what all that now translates into as far as the financial stuff, going back to that, it doesn't matter what your net worth is if you get so sick of how fake all of that pageantry and social climbing and, and just the, the high school prom psychology never ending, people chasing clout and chasing riches. You get sick of that to a point where you don't care about it. You want to just retreat into the wild and test your skills. You know, am I really a man? What am I made of? Can I run with the wild animals and survive and make it? Like, that's what I want to know. I don't care what my portfolio is doing, going up or down, <laughs> what the billionaires of the world are doing to, to kick me in the balls financially with at, the, at a whim, you know, when I'm just trying to come up. I don't want to be kept up at night by that. I don't want to be jerked around by that. So my, my, my thought at this point is like what I enjoy and what I value and what gives me inner richness, inner wealth is not the feeling that I can just buy anything I can imagine because I'm so rich with money. That, that takes all the fun out of building things with your bare hands and doing it with with trash or doing it in a MacGyver type of a situation or out in the middle of the ocean situation where the only way you're going to survive is if you use your wits and you live by your wits and you MacGyver and hack something together that saves your life. That is going to be a million times more meaningful to you than, oh, well, I just bought, I just had a whole, I just paid for an entire um, every, 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 along the route that I took across the world, I just basically paid all of the Coast Guard, uh, forces from, from, from one jurisdiction or one nation to the next as I went along to have them just basically, but out of, out of camera shot, you know, basically be right there behind me as if the whole thing is fake. And there's people who say, there's the survival people point fingers at each other. Oh, I did this all by myself with no no support crew and rescue team just like breathing down my neck outside of the frame of the camera. Whereas the other guy who looks like such a badass and so brave and everything, he was basically had a, a, a safety net underneath everything he did, so, you know, as it were. 
So, so get, digging into that point, I'm not pointing fingers personally. I, I, I could say who I heard say what about who, but it's all public and it's not necessary. I'm not a, I'm not a chismoso, uh, if, if you understand that word. But I don't, yeah, I don't take pleasure in that kind of gossip. Um, but, but it is instructive to think about how, how much pride can you take if you didn't build it yourself, if you didn't grow it yourself, if you didn't do the life hack yourself, and it wasn't it wasn't a DIY project. You take pleasure, you take pride in the things that you create, whether it's as gifts to others or just nice to have things, whether it's origami or knowing how to survive in the wild by eating a wild plant and identifying it it's more rewarding the most rewarding things they say the best things in life are free yeah yes and and the and i would put to that is the 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 best um the most valuable objects in your life are the ones that you had a hand in creating from scratch and that's not to say that there's there's a I mean yeah there's a place for fine dining and there's a place for fine objects that were crafted by other people because you know but hopefully you're supporting them in a good way and it's not just all completely soulless whatever it is that is fancy that you might be buying but for me yeah having done all that prefacing today the thing that happened was going backwards and yeah going backwards in time i'm fresh off of a of a sale of hold of a of a percentage a somewhat it stung a little bit but it, it wasn't that painful but i did sell a chunk of my holdings because i wanted to i i got a bit of a bit of not insider intelligence but very i would say um you have to be paying very close attention to 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 evaluate and 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 have a good estimate of the impact of certain events affecting an asset class that I'm that I'm heavily invested in so with all that said I did I I I was uh I had a very I had I, I did an emergency trade today to preempt what I think is could be a very devastating um turn of events that that would mean i've said to myself before i've even mentioned it before it's like yeah if i sell now and the price goes up tomorrow or next week or next month yeah i'll laugh about it but if the opposite happens and i don't sell now and the price goes down any more than it already has i'm going to be crying about it because if i still have to sell because i do have to sell in order to guarantee that I'm going to make it for the next stretch of this journey of austerity in the wild, I need to make purchases at at a certain bulk level where I'm not. There is no convenience store. It's the inconvenience of a once a year water and food resupply. For all intents and purposes, I am out in the middle of the ocean. I'm out in the middle of the desert. And my relationship with my with my future self, this war with my future self, is such that 
If I want to be free and not be in Babylon, not be in civilization, not be in the matrix, and I want to have my cake and eat it too and, not, and be free and not have to go make money and work, but I also want to not sell my holdings either, then I got to be very frugal and I got to sell as little of my holdings as I can and I got to try to be smart about when I do a trade that's going to, that's going to realize gains even though, yeah, I've held out a long time, and I will say, I'm, to, to, I'm not going to tell you the exact details of the trade, but I will say that uh, as, long as, as long as I sold at a price higher than the last trade, that's going to be my rule of thumb, just so I don't feel stupider or less fortunate or less... I, I, I want to feel slightly more blessed and slightly less cursed than the last time. I don't know if I'll ever be as blessed again as I was in 2021, but I want to. All I care about now is not that because that's a cargo cult of the past that'll drive you crazy. All I care about now is one trade to the next. Do I feel smarter or dumber from one trade to the next? I don't feel good about any of them because the prices are way below my comfort level. Um, but they're also way above my entry point. So yes, it's all the house's money. It's all profit. It's just a question of, do you want to, do you want to, how much risk do you want to take with your survival? If you, if you, yeah, because I could, I could, I could, I could not survive and, and, and die, die holding on like a miser to a, paper to paper wealth and paper gains that put me into the highest tax bracket let's just put it that way I don't want to use any of those other words I'll just say yes it's a foregone conclusion that if I don't sell anything and the trends and cycles continue to function as they have for a hundred years then it's a foregone conclusion that I will end up in the highest tax bracket when I when I realize significant portions of of my holdings. That's that's uh, I'm doing it now in a very piecemeal way so that I can stay literally under the taxable range and literally I I I, I mean I I guess I could say this I lived I I only I only. Um, Last year, I only realized, I don't know, my, my, it was like, uh, I think it was something around seven or $8,000 last year. But, but that's not representative. This year, it's going to end up being, I think, less than $5,000. So, and next year, it could, if it had to be, be even less. Because buying land, buying the truck to get water and some crops to the land and having some tools and upgrading a couple of things, but I didn't build a house. I didn't install utilities. I'm living in, in, uh, in the most austere manner you possibly could, as if you were a, a lone operator with only your, your truck and what you could pack into it to live for a fucking year, because that's the mission, because you need to do your job, your work, your craft in, in that manner because just that, that just happens to be what the mission is. That's the mission I gave myself in that war with my future self.
You could go back to the city and work and deliver pizzas or do permaculture design and installation like you used to and risk a bunch of COVID infections and have your vehicle break down and eat up expenses in that, in that way. And you could end up being exposed to all the carcinogens and you just be degraded in all the ways that, you know, you're on the hamster wheel and you might, you might even be making a lot of money. But what if, what if you lose it all to hospital bills because of just the hazards and the horrors? That means I'm going to get some rain blessings finally because I've been teased by the tiniest drops over the last entire year. And I've set out my... I'm not setting out sails at sea in order to survive. I've got to do flood sport and I got to lay out these 20 by 20 tarps to capture every drop of rainwater I possibly can to keep my fish and my crops alive and to keep me from depleting my... depleting my... Uh, lower maintenance water supplies, I guess I should say. Um, so that I, I mean, I can drink, I, and I, I can, and I will, and I look forward to drinking rainwater. But right now, there's a, there's a bit of a. Anyway, I'm, that, that's all been spoken about in the past. But just, I'm gonna leave that in there, and I think actually I will, I will probably include some of the, the sounds, a sound clip in the beginning, or the end of this, of the, the sounds of the rain drops on, on, the, on my roof when they happen, because uh, that's, that's the kind of quality of life I'm, I'm talking about. And you don't hear that in a mansion. You don't. You hear that when you have a corrugated tin roof with a solar panel on it. That's that's only a few feet above your face. <laughs> that's when you feel and hear the wind and the thunderclaps, and you see the lightning, and you feel the the mist of the rain spattering in storms, and you get the sand in your keyboard, and all those gritty things. That's not. To me, that's the life. That's that's the real life, and uh, yeah, on this cycle of where I'm at, of trying to minimize expenses and make every year that goes by make my the purchases that I made to survive each year, one year at a time. I should be buying less and less. I should be more efficient with what I buy, and I should be buying things that are durable. For example, a yeah, a nut grinder, a hand crank nut grinder, and uh, and and stainless steel buckets, and uh, yeah, stainless steel. Really swapping out a lot of things with, I mean, of course, plastic. Swapping out plastic with glass, which is more expensive. Swapping out thin glass with heavy gauge glass. Swapping out corro corro uh, swapping out jar lids that are that that corrode easily with with stainless steel jar lids these are the expenses that that are buy once cry once expenses that are going to make those bigger dents in my holdings up front but it's going to mean I don't have to replace them for a long time if ever and that means that I can then sort of in a good way, allow because some of the way, because, yeah, I have uh, I have compounding effects. If I can, even if I take big chunks out, as long as I leave giant chunks in place, they, they will regrow. It becomes a perennial investment strategy, uh, and that's the healthy 
sweet spot zone of regenerative wealth that I want to be in. And because I'm doing regenerative horticulture and and, and, in the context of permaculture, I should only be compounding my ecological security and food security and ecological diversity and wealth. And I should have to spend less and less money and just be more and more buffered with with emergency funds if I really did have a an injury that I needed to get expensive treatment for. And that could happen any moment to anyone at any time. And certainly I'm at high risk for that to happen to me here. And there's things that are happening in my body that are cumulative effects of exposure to the elements where it's really scary. And, and I don't know how far I can push certain things. I, I certainly... I certainly would um, it would frighten people to see what I've allowed myself to endure. I'm not emaciated. My teeth aren't falling out. I, I, I check, I pull on my teeth. I tug on my teeth every once in a while to make sure that the first early signs of certain mineral deficiencies are not showing up. As long as my gums are holding my teeth in place, I have muscle mass. And even though I have all kinds of aches and pains, and maybe some malnutrition of certain types. I know in some ways I feel better than ever. In some ways I know I'm just roughing it and that's, that's the way it is, you know, and certainly doing it alone. I can't take a lot of time out to rest. Um, I do rest enough, but anyway, I mean, yeah, if you were, if you were out there at sea and you were doing that mission as a a billionaire at sea and yeah, you're going to get knocked out by the spinning of the mast or whatever could happen. You're going to get flooded. You're going to freeze from getting splashed with water and storms. You're going to fear for your life, maybe even get thrown overboard and you're going to be tore up. So I'm definitely tore up. But I'm, but I've, I've, I'm optimizing as I go along, and so far, the acute conditions of extreme agony and suffering they they tend to cluster around the most devastating summer months of heat, and then they subside, and I get back to a baseline in the winter where I can, I can really um, lick my wounds and, and kind of rest and repair properly. On, on on all sorts of levels so I've just kind of learned to live with that and get used to it uh, all that is to say that uh, it's cheap financially to live well and live beautifully and survive but you got to be a glutton for punishment because the elements will will grind you to a pulp in, in ways that you, 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 you didn't imagine and ways you never you would never know if you only we're a sort of weekend warrior nature person. No offense to that. I we I love you. We need you. You 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 keep national parks open and trails maintained and and then but the ones who are the, the ones who do the the hardcore climbs and the hardcore trail hikes and, and whatnot, they would know what I'm talking about of just when you start falling apart. But that's also when you reach enlightenment in ways. You 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 know that if you had to pull somebody out of a, if you were injured and you had to pull somebody out of a vehicle, you ha- you know that you have the fortitude to push yourself through pain 
even when you're mechanically failing and exhausted and your body's working totally against you, you still can, if as long as you understand basic posture and ergonomics, if you're not actually literally technically debilitated, you just feel debilitated from exhaustion or from even exposure or dehydration or heat exhaustion within limits i mean to some you know i'm not trying to tell people to do anything stupid but i will say that hey i know one thing most people in the modern world with ac are so pampered compared to what it's like to live without it and when it gets up to 125 degrees for days at a time and the nighttime temperature stays above 100 and you lose your mind i mean yeah, I, I guess I don't know how you I don't know what you have to do to be more hard boiled than this. Probably be in a country where there's open pit prisons with no shade, no shelter, no food, no water, and they're not putting you in that pit to punish you. That's just general population. Unshaded pit with your own urine feces and whatever critters want to come and terrorize you in that hole and you're lucky if you're not also in have infected gaping gashes and wounds from being beaten the i won't i mean i watched those locked up abroad shows that series that i watched that religiously because i wanted to be humbled to tears by that i wanted to say you think you're hard you will never be as hard as the people that survived in those locked up abroad shows and when you look at them and they're all like back to the back to their to their uh i mean obviously with plenty of ptsd but when you when you see them talking however many years later and they're all they're all cleaned up you know and they're all sort of they've 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 uh, they've uh, put it behind them as much as they can but they're describing it and you're and you're just like damn you you could pass by them in public and think that they had the most uh, they never skinned a knee or broke an arm or anything. They looked that that innocent <laughs> and that uh, and that that just um, uh, not necessarily pampered, but but that that soft. You know, they, they look they look that soft. They don't even have dirt on their fingernails and whatnot. They're not all haggard and ragged and, and whatnot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I wonder, just like that movie Castaway, is very funny seeing him go full circle you know and from like the most uh ice age or just yeah caveman sort of state and then yeah going into the ancient uh uh <laughs> ancient hominid uh paleolithic and then and then to get cleaned up back in in, in the modern era it's a stark contrast and for me i think about it's gonna when i get through this first full entire year which is coming up in now just a couple more months it'll i, I will be able to say i've been isolated for a year and in and in, in almost naked in naked raw nature being being brutalized year-round Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna be interesting thinking about how, yeah, all the things that people do who have more money than me, 
I don't know if they really know themselves. I don't know if they really found themselves. I don't know if they, they, they push their limits. I know some of them do. Some of them, they, that's their adrenaline junkies and they can afford to do the the most wild safaris and mountain climbs and whatnot. But I, I would say there's more grit and the real additional value for me was that the thing that I did today, and this is what I'll wrap up on, is that get this this theme of of um there's more there's more internal net worth and self-worth it's like yeah self-worth versus net worth paper wealth and public wealth and fancy schmancy wealth whatever like performative wealth versus inner true wealth if you will but i like the idea of net worth or uh, self-worth and net worth being not necessarily uh, overlapping on the venn diagram you know for a lot of people a lot of people say the poorest people in the world are the happiest because they don't have any distractions from each other and from the land and they're not chasing what jeff lawton called a I don't know if he had this backwards just because of a, it was lost in translation, but he said crisis identity. And I don't know if he meant to say identity crisis because he's not speaking American English. He's speaking a, a non-American English, but um, I don't even know if I know 100% for sure where he spent all or most of his life. I know him as being part of the Australian permaculture elite, but... Um, well, elite in the sense of the the masters and the and the lineage of the teaching of it, not elite as in like the power elite per se. But um, but he had this thesis about this is very critical to to um, to to understand. And it, it, it hit me in a powerful way when he said it. He said said we work with people, and I'm paraphrasing. We work with people who are so much more happy and healthy mentally and more fulfilled and really engaged in what we're doing with teaching them permaculture so they can survive and thrive in an ecosystem. And you know why it is that they're so dedicated and so undistracted and and so grateful and so humble is that they don't have a crisis identity. And whether, again, whether he meant identity crisis or crisis identity, let's just say, interpret it however you will. I think they both work. But, but, but his description of what he meant is that it's only the not just westerners but the industrialized nations the people who are in that myth of progress hamster wheel who think that going back to the land or living off the land subsistence agriculture is backward and primitive and ooh, what a had to have dirt under your fingers to interact with bugs and to actually have to deal with manure your own manure of all things that 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 is so backwards in the minds of people who want to be like barbie they want to be this jetsons completely divorced from nature completely um sterilized robotic sort of airbrushed uh fantasy of 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 having no relationship to the planet that they actually evolved from and that they're and 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 whose minerals they're actually comprised of they have just this cover boy cover girl archetype that they want to live out and it's all furnished to them by the hyper sterilized and hyper plastic and fabricated totally unnatural synthetic environment 
And uh, the aspirations within that is to be the prom queen or the prom king within that. That's the crisis identity that I'm kind of paraphrasing and putting my own spin on it, but putting it in my own words. But the idea is that <laughs> most of the people who are sold on that dream of aspiring to be ambitious and to rise to the top and to be a star and to be famous and to be rich and to have to keep up with the Joneses and all this pressure, all of that pressure takes you away from the humility and the joy of just being a member of an ecosystem. So the people who feel who, who just feel to completely disenfranchised and unbanked and cut off from any of that, they're the most liberated because they have no delusions of grandeur about themselves. They don't feel like, oh God, it's such an opportunity cost to be growing my own food because I could just do a tech startup and pay someone else to grow my food and then I could focus full time on just... <laughs> they, they had some product that was like Soylent Green. They didn't want the Silicon Valley geeks to ever even have to get up to go to the lunchroom so they just made some sort of matrix like protein sludge that they could have a have a catheter to their stomach with i mean to me that's dystopian i don't money and paper wealth that you don't even have time to spend because you're so neurotic about making more of it that's not true wealth and that gives you that crisis identity identity crisis you will never be humble enough you will always be on your phone when other people are planting seeds and and turning compost because they don't care to join the rat race. They know what really matters in life. Song and dance and ceremony and birth and death and caring for people, caring for the land and paying attention to the animals and caring for nature and being a part of all that. That's actually something that's priceless and that <laughs> no shrink no drug, no psychiatric drug, no pill, and no therapist can give you nature and can give you community. And that self-worth versus net worth, for me, the thing was, I was going to make a bigger trade. The price, there were some things that happened. Obviously, there were some things that shook the markets this last couple days. And then on top of that, I got a little bit of more nuanced intel that told me that you need to you, you need to make you need to square away next year now because if you don't do it now and the price drops any further than it has now you're going to feel dumb not smart about that big trade you got to do. So this is the I I took the 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 um the prompt and I immediately acted and the funny thing was on the same day you know thinking it all through i thought damn if i if i have to sell literally a third of what i was planning to sell and have a third of obviously the realized fiat currency to square myself away for the next year that means i got to cut some corners out of that year that i was planning and i had just finished designing a build out of something that is laughably humble. I mean, it would have been a thousand dollars for me to just get the Douglas fir lumber, which breaks my heart because I was a tree sitter. The trees that I was sitting in, risking my life, the bravest moments of my life, sitting in the tree sits to protect and risking my life to do so are the trees that 20 years later 
I'm going to sell out and buy with money. And the trees that I was trying to protect in my 20s, I'm going to pay to have them cut down in my 40s so that I can build a build a little platform to st- to keep the coyotes out of my food and keep the scorpions off my ankles so that I can do my business in peace out of both ends, you know? <laughs> if you don't have into one I can have a little bit of uh, a bit a little bit of a of a temple of um of biology that is that I don't have to be terrorized by 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 the <laughs> by all the creatures that I love around me so I need that and right now that's that's the the back of my of of my truck my bigger truck and it's a it's a, it's a a, a treacherous and mindfuck that's that I'm going through which is that Well, I'm going to spare all the nuance. Maybe it'll come up at another time. But because this is getting a little longer, I want to kind of skip over it and say that uh, that I I do what I need. What I have to have that I don't have is a redundant backup replacement for the the kitchenette, bathroom, um, bulk food storage, fermenting lab, all the things I'm doing as a truckstetter tailgating having my tailgate party as a truckstetter all the things that I'm able to do above the uh, where the ants tend not to f- make their way up to it's the only place I have that the ants have not invaded so it's a place where I don't leave stuff out to tempt them but where I keep stuff that I just would be most devastated if they were to get to and breach even though I secure them as best I can metal trash cans and five gallon buckets and mylar bags and just rodent proof this and semi ant proof that but I've lived long enough to know that nothing is perfect and there's always they will find a way and uh, I just I just had to wrap a jar with the crack in it with hardware cloth wire mesh because the because the 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 fish the, the the sardine can lid wrapped in duct tape had already been chewed off by a squirrel to where they could just get a tiny couple of pumpkin seeds out <laughs> and for me to discover that and go oh man i need to harden that jar repair job so now there's a jar with a chunk out of the bottom with the sardine can lid patching that hole and black duct tape wrapping that in place like gauze over a bandage. And because that failed after a squirrel chewed into it, now I had to take it to the next level of security and wrap and wire twist with uh, electrical fencing wire this little basket of hardware cloth. And to me, that's the MacGyvering where it's like, yeah, I could just throw it away and buy more. But no, I'm going to drive the wheels off and then put them back on <laughs> everything I have to protect my bags in this war with my future self and to sell as little as I possibly have to. I've already crossed a line, a red line that I was trying not to cross. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to get rid of everything that I had the opportunity to get in early on. I don't want to lose it all in five years just because I have no income and I'm doing this thing in the middle of nowhere or no income, I got to be crafty and I got to be resourceful and I got to 
mend things like sewing sewing one devastated pair of underwear one chunk at a time onto the next devastated pair of underwear and continue to hand me down patches on top of patches with my clothes because I'm only going to buy one one replacement per year that's that's the the that's the modality I'm in so back to the task at hand I I was I budgeted out and I spec'd out and I designed and I I des, I des, I designed and I priced out I even loaded up the order to be placed and just had it ready because I wanted to see the breakdown of it and the cost of it and I was just about to allocate a thousand dollars which would have been a a painful chunk but I realized yeah I got to rebalance into preps and if anything happens to that truck when I have to use it at least or at the bare minimum once a year I've got to use it to go get go get water and food that'll last me the year that's the deal there's no way around that but if anything happens to it and I gotta let it go when I'm out there I can't come back here and have no way to escape from coyotes and and red ants and uh and scorpions i've got to have some kind of platform so lo and behold just when i was ready well i was psychologically preparing myself to slowly soften myself to be able to be willing to make a bigger trade that was going to hurt and i had justified to myself that okay i can I can I'll do this. I'm not going to be happy about it. I'm not happy about buying lumber. I want to do everything with bamboo, but do I want to die? Do I want to die with paper wealth or do I want to live having realized gains along the way even if it's painful? So I I did plan that out and I know I mean I what I would love to do is be able to get the intel that I need to know who would love for me in this ghost town to clean up their property once i get to the point where i can scavenge and salvage and upcycle and pick apart all the skeletons of this ghost town around me it's just a matter of of one day eventually getting to know the locals getting to know the politics getting to know the who owns the parcels around me so that i can say to them hey I'll sign a liability waiver for me to risk injury on your property with no right to sue. I'll wa- waive my right to sue. You give me per- permission so if if the the if uh, Johnny Law shows up, I can I have your signature. It says I'm authorized to be here and I will demolish this eyesore, make the property that you want to sell that couldn't sell because it made people feel like they were in a, in a ghost town and they didn't like that aesthetic. I'm going to clean it up for you and I'm going to drag every splinter off this so that I can build my platform and do it in a dignified MacGyvered way and not spend a thousand dollars and sell a bunch of my holdings so that I can feel shitty on a platform that uh, violates all my principles. But but, but I, they had to do it because I had no other option. Well, I was able to since the prices dipped and I was like, there is no way in hell I'm going to make that trade what happened well 
out of the corner of my eye, a little bit of subconscious and conscious thinking coalesced so that I discovered that there were ways to rearrange certain objects that I had already paid a lot of money for that do not violate my principles, like galvanized stock tanks that provide a bit of lift. And then there happens to be, I just recently freed up the availability of this old rusted out very sturdy very uh robust uh heavy duty metal bed frame and now i realized i could make n- not not the not a uh, uh, totally comparable platform with between those two and then all of the bits of panel of roof panels that have that have blown all over the place i can risk i can get about a million splinters chopping that up with the with a saw with the reciprocating saw because the solar power isn't yet enough um to power an actual uh a table saw or a uh, or, or a circular saw but i can it's messy but i i do everything i need to do today i I did some work on that metal frame that was bent by taking that reciprocating saw with the metal blade and cutting through the bent part so that I could get leverage on it to bend it back into back to normal and then I wrapped the cut point with with cardboard and then I wrapped that with duct tape and now it's 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 mended and uh cost me nothing. I have the tools that I paid for at a more abundant time in, in the market cycles. And I have those stock tanks that were a couple hundred bucks each. And they were they were not stacking any functions. They were storing water for me. And they've done, it was an experiment the way I did it. And they did well. Now I'm confident in my strategy thus far. And that I have that freed up bed frame. I've got everything I need to have a platform that approximates the function that I would have got had I gone with a different form and that form would have been against my religion it would be an, it would be a a, a, a dirty a, a dirty attack on my future self in terms of the war with the future self it would be a war crime against my future self financially speaking I don't mean to put that lightly But it's a spiritual war, and it is life and death, and the stakes are high. And I'm suffering not from bullet wounds and mines, but I'm tore up, and I'm bedridden, and I'm, yeah, I'm not a pansy, that's for sure, not at this point. So this war, I'm not a pencil pusher in this war with my future self. I'm in the field. And I'm on the front line of it. And some things are maybe more. Yeah, it all depends. Everybody has a different composition. But it's a real. It's real. It's not theoretical. And I'm not in a cushy air conditioned office playing video games and, and. and projecting myself into an avatar of a video game character that's actually in the wild doing operations in the field. I'm doing, op- I'm in the wild doing operations in the field, and I'm 
I don't know if there's video games about... I mean, I know there's Fallout, I think. I don't know. I think there are some survival-type video games that aren't just pure modern warfare combat-type combat type games. But even, yeah, more like Final Fantasy, Zelda Adventure-type stuff. Maybe I'm a little more on that end. But on that end, you're exposed to the elements. you got to figure out how to live in balance with things that can kill you all kinds of things living and non-living things that can kill you so call it whatever you will what I achieved today was that I did make that emergency trade it was a third of the size that I had sort of been psyching myself out for so I'm happy that I was able to basically save a thousand dollars and protect a decent chunk, not a, you know, I'm not going to say what por- what percentage of my holdings that that would have represented, but it wasn't nothing. And buying the land and buying the truck, when I did, I could barely feel that from my net worth at the time. But I can't do that again now. I can't risk harm to myself or undo harm to my vehicle I've got to lay low and cut all costs while the prices in the market are what they are and only only if they ever do come back I just all that matters is that I have something left when the prices come back up at that point I'm not going to buy the thousand dollar stopgap heartbreaking dug for lumber platform I'm going to do the right thing and I'm going to build it out of bamboo And at the same time, I'm going to grow epic bamboo forests so that I can replace that prototype in a regenerative manner forever after. And I'm willing to pay $100,000 to do that right. And there was a time when I could have done that. But I would have been violating my core principles. I would have been dumping on new money. And I would have been... Even potentially, yeah, betraying my own words and be, being a liar and being a con artist. And I want to I wanna be financially moderate and have, if I have to, endure periods of extreme austerity where, I, where I'm very impoverished, even though I don't have to be. I didn't have to choose to put myself in this type of financial pendulum swing. I could have done the wrong thing morally and be laughing on the way to the bank like a lot of people have done. But I feel like I did the right thing and my soul is growing and the MacGyver psychology and archetype, that's that's where I want to be that's what I want to be grounded in. I want to I want to choose my battles. I want to fight the good fight. And I want it to be more my success and my happiness and my self-worth to be based more on my my personal development and cultivation that's accessible to anyone who can get a library card, anyone who can take a hike and stay fit even without a gym membership. Just keep it down to earth and simple and humble. And to me, that's where the real gifts are and the real meaning of life is to be found. 
And it's the people who get lost in avarice and debauchery and decadence. They lose the most. And the people who gain the most typically have the least capital to their names. It distorts you. You get identity crisis. You keep trying to climb and get more and be more recognized. But it's when there is a total absence of the potential of that where the real things, the things that matter most, which are not commercial, not commercialized, not monetized, and if anything, some degree, lend themselves to bartering. What Bill Mollison said, which introduced me to a term of market gardening, not farming. So I'm going to end there and say, yeah, I don't need, I don't want more than I, I don't want much more than I need. I just want to feel secure. I want to feel safe. I don't, but I don't want to be in a bubble. (laughs) I want to be exposed to the elements and I don't need a lot of money. I don't want a lot of money. And when I do have to buy things like the food I'm going to buy and the tools I'm going to replace and whatever it is, I want that to be a very intelligent operation that gets more and more efficient over time as I learn more. And if I can go a year without buying anything, eventually I'll go two years, five years, 10 years, and it will all be based on intelligence of designing into the future how to have what I need, but hopefully be able to hold on to this fierce integrity to be using the materials that, that I feel that I feel are ethical and that I resonate with, moving away from plastics, moving away from from tree farmed lumber mills, and being 100% regenerative, and eventually never having to buy anything offsite again, and only interacting with and subsisting on that which I co-created with the land and the sun and the rain and the soil of the land and now at least one day before I die I'll be able to say that this entire day of my life I wore clothes that I grew the fibers for I ate I grew I grew the plants and animals that I that I made the meal out of I grew the medicines and the intoxicants that I heal myself and, and, and enjoy myself with right here on this land and it took a little bit of prosthesis a little bit of scaffolding from the modern world the industrial world to get started but it was those times where I I took the MacGyver path and not the I don't know what, what would be a name of someone that represents obviously yeah well, no, I can't think of anything for that. I will just say, yeah, I want to look, I will have less regrets looking back from any point in the future to any point in the past. I will have less regrets. The Tao of MacGyver, doing it the, the MacGyver way, I'll have less regrets than doing it in a way where I feel like I'm selling out or I'm making excuses to to back 
backpedal on my stated values that I care so much about. That's all I have. All you, all you have is your integrity. And it gets eroded every day in such frivolous ways out here under these conditions. Yeah. <laughs> it's not rich people problems, but it's financially free before 40 and trying to stay financially free ever after problems. And uh, it's not always pretty, but hopefully it's entertaining. Cheers. Cheers.